Hi, welcome to Naval Gazing on valleyindy.org and 103.5 WNHH, New Haven's community radio station. Today's episode is brought to you by Valley Gives Back, a new initiative of the Valley Community Foundation. Adding a charity to your estate plan creates a legacy that tells future generations what causes matter to you during your life. Your action inspires others to follow your lead and to make a difference. With a planned gift, you have the power to impact your community forever without affecting your current lifestyle. For more information, visit valleygivesback.org. The Valley Gives Back is an initiative of the Valley Community Foundation, connecting private philanthropy to the long-term public good of the Valley. Plan now, give later, impact tomorrow. Valleygivesback.org. Welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indies podcast. My name is Eugene Driscoll, and I'm a reporter. Today we'll be talking about the issues facing Derby, with the two people vying for the Democratic spot on the November ballot for mayor. I'm pleased to welcome incumbent mayor Anita Degato and Aldermatic President Carmen DeCenzo to our broadcast. Mayor Degato, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Alderman DeCenzo, thank you for being here as thank well. Thank you, Eugene. Thank you for having us. And I'm also joined by the other reporter here at valleyindy.org, Ethan Fry. Hello, Ethan. Hello. So, as I mentioned, the Democratic primary is scheduled in Derby for Tuesday, September 12th. See valleyindy.org for more details. And a quick message to our listeners. This is the Valley Indy's fourth go-around since 2009 with political debates. And the format becomes less constrictive every two years uh, during one of these election cycles. Today's format, we tried to make it very loose. The goal is basically to have a conversation about Derby and where the city is headed. We're going to start with opening statements from each candidate. Then the second part of the debate will be the candidates asking questions of each other. And then the third part, Ethan and I will ask questions uh, of the candidates as well. In addition, when the candidates question each other, Ethan and I may chime in with follow-up questions uh, to keep the conversation going or to clarify things, or, or we may not. Uh, so that's pretty much the format uh, we're doing. And right before we turned on the mics, it was decided that uh, Mayor Degato, you would give the first opening statement. So if you're ready sure. to do so, go right ahead. Mayor Anita Degato, been the mayor for the last four years, working for Derby to save taxpayer dollars very critical in how they are spent uh, many empty property uh, city properties in derby trying to expand tax base was my goal and we needed to bring closure to many issues that faced me in this administration when we came on board so we're unknotting the knots to for progress for economic development so basically, that's my was my agenda first coming in, and I think I've been working toward that. So okay, thank you, Mayor Degas. Thanks, Alderman Desenzo. Your opening statement, please, sir. 
Thank you, Eugene. <coughs> Being born and raised uh, in Derby, um, why I'm running is uh, I, j I just love Derby, and uh, I have a great passion to, to fix Derby. Um, as your leader, I know and I'm positive that um, we can do a great job. As mayor, my objective is to restore uh, our local government back to what the charter says. Restoring the city hall begins with transparency and communication with the Board of Aldermen, the Tax Board, Board of Education, and other, all other uh, departments and commissions. My goal as mayor is to respect and empower these boards and commissions to operate as intended, not overstep the bounds clearly defined by our charter. Okay, thank you, Alderman Desenzo. You're welcome. So those were the two opening statements, as I had promised. Uh, and now we're going to go on to the part where uh, the candidates question each other. And again, it was decided before we had started that, Mayor DeGato, you ask the first question of Alderman mm -hmm. DeCenzo. Correct. When I ran back in 2013, I put forward a plan for economic growth and prosperity. So it was very concise on what my plan was going to be and I've continued working on it and you know for a refresher there was smart and sustainable planning for new derby economy making derby a business friendly city partner with small businesses to promote growth utilize derby's natural assets with proven growth strategies and make the derby downtown vibrant again so I asked Carmen what is your plan well, my plan is very simple. Uh, my plan, uh, number one, is to tighten our budget because I think we're overspending, uh, to empower our boards, to work very heavily on economic development. I have already sat and talked with four developers that are interested in downtown Derby and other parcels of Derby. Uh, we need to work on public safety because uh, there's a area in downtown that we all know that we're having problems with and um, we need to work on that. Um, looking to expand our neighborhood quality of life and to do a neighborhood watch program that we support, that we continue with our blight, and communication is essential. As far as economic development goes, I have already talked to the four developers who would like to have a developers forum which I would hold once uh, a quarter, you know, four times a year, and um, showcase the properties that we have that we are sitting on and not selling. I mean, the city should not be in the real estate holding business. We should be in the tax base business. Redigato, did you have a, a follow-up? And then I'll, I'll give you another chance. Sure. So for my plan for economic growth and prosperity, smart and sustainable planning for a new derby economy. Leslie Crean has given you, the Board of Aldermen, many reports about her plan to showcase all of our derby properties. They're complex, they have many issues. We are, are still unveiling all the issues, and when that is all completed, it will be parceled, I'm talking about downtown right now, for developers with RFPs. Um, just the downtown, which is our biggest parcel of property that we need to market. Um, we are actively working on parceling the properties. We did receive $5 million from the state in a just very distressed times. The state 
understands Derby's working to work with the state and federal governments in the regulations, which we have been ignoring for many years as a city. And they want to invest in Derby. And they're ready to look at our Route 34 widening project. Um, they understand that that $5 million is part of redeveloping downtown to help us with our economic growth. So um, Leslie has, is going to do a bus tour of all city-owned properties throughout the city. And she has, sh she has a compilation, very intensive packet for developers that she plans to do in the fall, which she has reported more than once on in the Board of Aldermen on her report. Uh, making Derby business friendly. Um, we are, again, Leslie's qualified, working hard for our residents. Um, we are open to the residents for what, it's a resident-driven development in our downtown. Carmen, you were part of that Downtown Now project? Yes. So it, it's being worked on as we speak. It doesn't just happen overnight. Um, you know, for, our, for the developers, that we are working on that. And, and it, it has been reported. Have you been reading the Leslie's reports? And what is she, she says is she's doing a compiling information. So what you're saying, we've already are working on it. Okay. Now, in terms of, I, I guess, if, if, I, if I could uh, jump in, uh, Mayor Degato's brought up the Downtown Now initiative. And for anybody who's not familiar, that was a series of workshops held in, I guess, uh, 2016. It culminated in late 2016 uh, with this charrette, uh, there was a heavily attended, and, and Alderman Desenzo, you were there. Uh, if elected, I mean, what what are your thoughts on on, on the plan that's come out of that? Uh, I guess the the U Street grid is what mm -hmm. we're talking about. It's is, been accepted is, but for, by the P and Z, correct? And that's what this five million dollar grant, I guess, is going to uh, install. Do you have any problems with that particular plan? If elected, will you? Uh, do away with the DPZ recommendations and, and do something else uh, in that redevelopment zone. I should also point out we're talking specifically right now about the redevelopment zone on the south side of, of Main Street. Uh, no, I, I, I like the U-shape uh, design. Uh, the mayor knows that. I told her that. Um, what, I, what I don't like is, is um, the changes in the Route 34. Um, I think the, uh, there's a, f a few items there that, um, that she changed, of course, without the Board of Aldermen's knowledge, too. Uh, we didn't know that the nine changes were coming um, until we heard it um, through uh, Valley Cog. Um, so uh, with that being said, the, uh, the idea of taking out the bike lane on Main Street, I'm in favor of. That's, that's, that's very good. And that's the Route 34 widening you're talking about? Correct. Gotcha. Correct. On the south side of uh, Route 34, they were going to put a 10-foot wide, wide bike lane in uh, mayor wants to change it through to go through the u-shaped road which is fine i have no problem with that the um so that therefore you can put uh, the state's going to let us build buildings into the slope rights up to the sidewalk so now you will have parallel parking on that side of the south side of the road for those stores that are there um, a couple of the things that i'm um, against of the changes 
were the uh, Minerva Street and Main Street and Third Street uh, changes. They want to they want to make Minerva Street one way up to Third, and then Elizabeth Street one way down from Third. And with that, the state of Connecticut um, is was going to rip up the roads and do all the infrastructure for us. Um, but according to Valley Cog and Mr. Dunn, who is the chairman of Valley Cog, um, by doing this, they were going to replace the sewer lines, the water lines, and the drainage system. And he said that, and I think it was right on your podcast too, uh, that the that would that would cost the city four to five million dollars if they were to do it themselves. But that was included in the state plan. And um, by taking that off the table, um, we would lose that opportunity to get all new infrastructure in those roads. And the other thing that I was against was the left, getting rid of the left turn lane on Elizabeth Street, on, I'm sorry, on Main Street, turning into Elizabeth Street. Because if, if you're downtown at five o'clock in the afternoon and all the traffic coming down uh, Route 34 into Derby, and the traffic coming from Shelton over the bridge into Derby will have two lanes heading east. But if one lane stops at that light to take a left-hand turn and there's no dedicated turn lane, like the chief of police said, you're going to cause a bottleneck. And what happens when you bottleneck? People behind that car want to veer right to get into the next lane, and that's when you have accidents. So then to just summarize, it sounds like you're both on the same page with the U Street design uh, suggested by DBZ, the consulting group that Derby hired for uh, the redevelopment zone, but there's obviously a difference of opinion on the Route 34 widening project, mm. which is a separate but very much connected to project. So there's a, a, a stance where you have two different positions. Uh, Mayor Degato, uh, Mr. Desenzo gets the next question, but you were shaking your head once or twice uh, well, as he spoke. Is there anything else? Right. Is there anything you wanted to address? The way the plan is. Um, presented route 34, route 34 plan? Okay. plan is presented right now there is a dedicated left-hand turn because minerva street would be the only way to get up to the green and the area up in that area off of route 34 and it's not even a signalized intersection so and because we had the five million five million dollar project the intersection the four-way intersection will be created at elizabeth street so you know, why take a left-hand turn where there's not even a signal light? And that's the only way to get to our downtown, to our green. And the reason why we had to interject and let the state know about the changes is because a four-way intersection, we don't want them to put a traffic light where a future four-lane road is going to go. Why would you build a wall with a light switch when you know the wall's coming down? Well, so it, it's it just sounds, This sounds like an engineering... But, uh, it, but it's just you have to let in, because we haven't gone to final design yet in the Route 34 project. So why continue on a project when we know and we can save money and not do it twice? Okay. Alderman DeSento, did you want to ask uh, the mayor a question? Yes. Um, you, know, you, you mentioned the, the $5 million that we received from the state. Um, um, you know, Linda Gentile secured the $5 million grant from the down for the downtown development. Um, 
Teresa Conroy secured the $2.9 million grant from the turf field at Leo F. Ryan Memorial uh, Comp Athletic Complex. Uh, Derby High School Principal Marty Pascal and Superintendent Matt Conway secured the private donations from the baseball field and for the field house. What I would like to ask the mayor is, you know, myself, I like to give credit where credit is due. Uh, what part did you play in securing the grants since you're taking credit for them? The part I played was as the leader in the city of Derby, we worked very hard to comply with state and federal regulations that have been ignored in the past. So the state understands we're a partner and they are willing to invest because they know those dollars are gonna be invested properly, succinctly, efficiently, and to the best of all of the residents of Derby. Alderman Desenzo, did you have a follow-up question for the mayor on that topic? Uh, I would like to know what regulation she's talking about, though. There are many. Um, 2009, when uh, WPCA regulations started, um, the state in, um, put down the FOG regulations that have not were not submitted to the state at all. We're talking a thing that I think caused the rift between the mayor's office and the Board of Aldermen was my stewardship in the WPCA $31 million bond and how it was to be spent. So as I uncovered a plan that was not accepted by the state and stewarded with the state hand in hand to create a project that in right now has proven save the taxpayers millions of dollars. And we have followed state regulations because we are now submitting a standard operation procedures with the WPC that was never followed. There is FOG, which is fats, oils, and grease that needs to be uh, monitored by all the businesses in the city, which have not had any um, template, any procedure placed. EPA has set with the city deadlines, which we are following. We have, since we've, we've changed the path of the WPCA, we are in compliance with state, very happy with what we're doing, especially the federal government, satisfying the regulations and the timelines we both agreed to. We have two pump stations that are in, they're, they're online today, ahead of deadlines. Three have done, we have done all together. We're in the design phase of the Roosevelt Drive pump station now. Um, you know, I've worked very hard to set that path straight, and I'm very proud of it. And you're, the mayor's referring to a $31 million uh, a sewer referendum that voters approved uh, a few years back. Uh, so now we'll go on. You get the third question, Mayor Degato, if that's okay. Sure, that's fine, yeah. What's uh, another question you have for Alderman Desenzo? Okay, you say you want to fix. What would you like to fix that I am not doing? Things that I would like to fix. First of all, <laughs> communication and transparency. You know, when we have problems... Well, first of all, when you have seven out of the eight Democratic aldermen that are supporting me, you know there's a problem. 
And the problem is communication. And she knows that. She knows she has a trouble with communication. She even told us she has. She asked us once what we can do better. And we told her, you have to communicate better. And that was a Thursday night after our board meeting, after the mayor won her second term, which we all supported her. And we were at Archie Morse. And that was the night, a Thursday evening, where she, we were talked about communication. And the following Sunday is when she had the 7 o'clock Sunday morning meeting, which was illegal, not posted, and they opened three um, bids for the sewer system. Uh, for the, I'm sorry, for the um, engineers. Three bids for the engineers for the WPCA, which is illegal because the, po uh, the meeting was not posted. Um, the bidders were not notified. And just herself... Um, at that time, um, Ark Erkins was the chair of the um, Board of Aldermen. He was there. I think Sal Capola was there. Henry Domerad was there. Uh, corporate counsel did not show up. Um, so, you know, things, you know, it's okay to talk about transparency, but you have to be transparent. And part of transparency is communication. And part of communication is listening. And I just think that we can do a better job at that than the mayor is currently doing. Okay. If that's the only issue you can fix, it's because we were, I personally, the city, CEO of the city, was under an order from the state of Connecticut to set things straight. They wanted an outside engineer. It was hard to meet. There were separate envelopes with qualifications, and I still have the bid numbers still sealed in my office. So I hit such resistance with that. You know what? It doesn't stop the process because I still have to do what's right for the city. So we stopped that process and instead brought the engineer that represented the WPCA directly to DEEP with technical meetings. We had about, we had several throughout the years to identify why the plan, the facilities upgrade plan was not approved by DEEP. They took it and put it on a shelf and did not approve it. So with these technical meetings, we brought Weston Sampson and the superintendent and Steve, who's the mechanic, up to DEEP and they worked through how to make this facilities plan that was not accepted, that started in 2010, into compliance. And that's the path that we've been taking for the last three years. And to the end, we ended up getting an outside engineer to oversight and to give opinion. And they were hired just for this Roosevelt Drive pump station that we had noticed a violation for for many years. And the way to fix that was the $35 million referendum. But the plan that to spend the, 35, the $31 million referendum really was not the right plan. We can get into details. I have all the details if you if you need to hear them. Although it seemed like the, the alderman's uh, 
comment was about communication in general, and he used that one uh, uh, weekend meeting as an example. As an example. How do you answer the question that overall, well, Mayor, you operate outside of the structure of government too much by by uh, holding, uh, you know, these, these group meetings. And, and, and the, 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 the criticism that's dogged you almost from the beginning uh, from the aldermen is that you, you basically don't tell them what's going on. And, and uh, just that, that sort of general understand. issue. From the beginning, um, when I came in, the president of the Board of Aldermen at the time would not meet directly with the Corporation Council and I at the same time. They had to have that? separate I, meetings. Who, Barbara who, De Janeiro. Oh. So, and that, you know, started right from the beginning. So, I meet with the Board of Aldermen President every Thursday morning with Corporation Council to review what's going to be on the agenda, what faces the city for legislative changes, what lawsuits are involved, what, how we're going to walk through different things that face the city that the Board of Aldermen need to, need to be. So, every Thursday since I've come in, Thursday morning. Now, president of the Democratic Town Committee called caucuses for all the Democrats. And we had meetings for a while. The people that say we're not communicating... To work out these issues? Did not show, yes. Oh. So there were many, many hands out to work together. And I met with very much resistance. So when Art Gerkins became the president, we met every... Thursday, again, with Corporation Council. Art would take notes of the meeting. As soon as the meeting was over, he would press send. We had caucuses while Art was president of the Board of Aldermen. For the last two years, caucuses have stopped. I, I, have, not called, I have not been called to a caucus with the, board of, with the board, the Democratic members of the board, for many years, for almost the whole two years. Okay. So, and I also have a public session Every Thursday, 5 to 7, I am there every Thursday available for residents, for anyone. I have a phone that rings at any moment, day or night. And communication, you, we, as a city, on our Thursday mornings, talk about issues. If you hear about issues and you're waiting for me to talk to you about them, I need to know what you know, what you have to say also. So I don't understand communication, what that is. Well, to answer, you know, listen, I'm only talking about facts, things that actually happened. I'm not making up stories. She talks about communication. You're talking about communication. Yes, I am. Yes. You answered the question. You tried to answer the question. Now, communication is not going behind the board or alderman's back to hire a full-time clerk in the land use office without telling us about it. She came to the May Democratic Town Committee meeting and was gleaming that they hired a full-time clerk. And there the was six or seven aldermen that were at that meeting, we all looked at each other. So you can check with the other aldermen. I'm not making this up. This actually happened. Okay? Now, that, that again, is a violation. We, we have to okay a job. We, the Board of Aldermen are the legislators. The mayor's job is to recommend to the Board of Aldermen, and it's the alderman's job to legislate. That's one. Another, another example is she hired Shane Mangato as her executive assistant. 
And then she paid Shea Mangano out of the legal line. Another violation. So when you say those charter violations that you've brought up or not sticking to the charter, those are things you're referring to. Correct. And this young man, great young man, smart, smart kid, but if you want to hire him, come to us and tell us you want to hire him. And this way you don't have to pay him out of the legal line. Both lawyers were flabbergasted when they found out they were paying from the legal line because the tax board asked the question, why are you paying him out of the legal line? Because, and she said that he was doing work at the tax board meeting. The minutes are there. She said he's doing work for counsel. And I asked both counsels and they FOI'd their, their hour sheets. And shaming that was- who, who FOI'd it? The uh, Republicans. Okay. They FOI'd it, and Shane Mangato's hours were not on their sheets. So, so I, I, you know, so these are the things. If she, listen, from the beginning, from day one, we told her. We were all aldermen for two years. We were all on the same page. We'll do whatever you want for you. We'll help you. But she pushed this aside. And she talked about the caucuses. How can we have a caucus when she doesn't tell us the truth? She's not telling us. So she, told, like, she told us, she told me at a caucus, I asked her, why, why are you, instead of coming to us, the board members, Ronnie Sill's been there for I don't know how many years, Barbara and Steve were there for four years at that time, Art, myself, and uh, others were there for two years, and we asked her, why, why, why do you go to Gary Hale for advice rather than come to the board of aldermen? Let me just and cut she you said, off. that's my go-to guy. Let this just stop for a second because there's about three different uh, yep. things yes. that the, the and many different let's, timelines. One, the first thing was uh, the, the, the to summary was a, a hire in the land use office. The alderman uh, said, and the second was uh, Shane Mangato. Mate, Shane Mangato has been helping me in the executive office for researching. We had the BJ's lawsuit, and not I can say because there were many parts of the BJ Road to try to put that out for bed. And that was a civil lawsuit involving a number of landowners uh, in the city Very of complex over many years. And so it was needed a lot right of research. Way, though, he was paid $10 an hour instead of having a lawyer do the research at 225 an hour or 175 an hour, $10 an hour. Always trying to save taxpayers dollars. Now, because they were assisting the land use lawyer to identify information. She did not put it in her bill because it came from me. Extra legal also has title searchers in there. They're not, they're not lawyers who get paid out of that line item. No extra money was asked for. It was all within budget. You know, if that's something that, you know, that uh, is illegal, then I need to be arrested. If I didn't ask for extra money from any department and the, there are other than lawyers that are paid out of that line item. But it was a savings, again, for taxpayer dollars, and it was a short-term project, you know? So I'm sorry, and, and I'm sorry, but that was all in the, there was so much um, research that needed to be done, and all it was was. Is that person still being paid out of that legal? It was a project. It was just a short-term project last year. And then what about, I mean, if you want to address... 2015, actually. December 2016. 
And the land use hire is that uh, land use hire is lawyer representative for all the land use boards is a legal uh, Marjorie Shansky. She's paid out extra legal. And then I guess uh, Alderman Desenzo was saying that the Board of Aldermen wasn't aware that that was something that had happened. No, we didn't know that. Uh, the Mr. Board of Aldermen is legislative as a body. You know, the tax board was the one that questioned and the answer and the question was answered. And they didn't bring it forward. So in that case, you feel that you're, you're within your right of doing your job as mayor to make I, a decision like that? I think, I don't put yes, I think I, I've um, utilized the efforts to the best of the taxpayers. Okay. Um, you now get to ask if you're, if you're still... Just going to rebuttal, but the problem was communication. She, all that she had to do was come to the board and say, I want to use this young man to help us do this. That's all we're asking, communication, and we never got it. I, you know, that's fine. Um, tax board is what I had to, they have the uh, control of the budget. Alderman Senator, did you want to ask another question to Mayor Degato? Uh, but prior to this, I had said to uh, both your campaigns, two to three questions, so I don't know how many you're prepared here. I'm, I'm fine. Uh, she can ask me another question if she wants. I'm prepared to answer questions. Uh. Do you want to ask one more question of uh, Alderman Desenzo, Mayor Degato, or did you want to move on to the part where the Valley Indy... Yeah, the Valley Indy could um, guide us because actually all your articles are kind of a historical data. If you go back, it's the story of the administration as a whole. Okay, thank you for that plug, valleyindy.org. <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking through the questions that, that I had prepared, and we've already hit some of them. Downtown redevelopment, uh, I pretty much asked the question uh, there. Uh, the Route 34 project, uh, that's clearly uh, an issue where you have uh, different uh, opinions there. Uh, so we've talked about I just want to interject on Route 34. Sure. The misinformation of four to five million dollars is actually one point five million, and it's only to mill and pave and do streetscapes. Well, that's, not in that's, that document. That's I, not the information I got from Mr. Dunn. Well, you could ask Mr. Dunn. I will. When's the start date for the Route 34 project? They have to do traffic studies right now because of the new orientation with the tweaks that we have asked for that were provided by DPZ. They were, um, you know trying to make our downtown like it used to be so we can have development on both sides. So there's no start date? Their um, traffic studies are going to be within 30 days, and then they will have a final, they'll be into final design, and then we'll have more definitive times. And obviously, I, I mean, I, I was at that downtown now meeting, and, and, and earlier in the day there was some rumbling with, uh, uh, I don't know if it was architects or tra whoever, about the Route 34 project. There was clearly uh, uh, rumblings among DPZ consultants about that design. Uh, but it was, what did you think when, when uh, uh, the DPZ consultant said, this is flawed? Uh, was that sort of because she's a planner and she wants a downtown lipstick, yes. lipstick on a pig I comment was made. Up. And I only asked that because as a reporter sitting there and somebody who lives in, in Derby and, 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 and following you know the politics, that was a bomb because everybody wants to see this Route 34 project move forward because it's been so long. So why do you think it was important? No one wants it more than I do, but we want to do it 
the right way. And with new information on the south side of Main Street, that was never taken into account that development would even be there. Now with DPZ offering a plan and in a, a destination place for our downtown Main Street, we have to involve the state to notify them that there is going to be development there. That was never on their radar. So that was my job because the residents, it was resident inspired, they want their downtown back. Hi, it's Eugene of valleyindy.org. Hope you're enjoying this episode of Naval Gazing, the Valley Indy podcast. Just wanted to talk to you for a second about the Valley Gives Back, a new program of the Valley Community Foundation. They're supporting this podcast. Adding a charity to your estate plan creates a legacy that tells future generations what causes matter to you during your life. Your action inspires others to follow your lead and make a difference. And with a planned gift, you have the power to impact your community forever without affecting your current lifestyle. For more information, visit valleygivesback.org. The Valley Gives Back is an initiative of the Valley Community Foundation, connecting private philanthropy to the long-term public good of the Valley. Plan now, give later, and impact tomorrow at valleygivesback.org. Now back to the show. So, and then Alderman Desenzo, I know we, we talked, yes. I, I don't want to get into like the, the, the term-by-term uh, uh, layout of the road because I just, I don't, I don't think our readers can, uh, can digest that. But, so I, it, it seems that the mayor is saying, well, it would have been politically expedient to tell the DPZ consultant to shut up. Route 34 is going forward. It's political, uh, uh, it's bad politically for me to try to delay this and, and to listen to you. Uh, but you're you're saying that no, we should should we move forward? Like, if you're elected, are you going to make changes to that Route 34 project? Do you well, want to see it move? What I would do if I was elected, I would sit down right away with uh, Mr. Dunn and the uh, Valley Cog and the DOT to see if we could restore and move this forward. Now, like I said, I agree with her on the on the bike lane change. You know, I have no problem with that. I agree on the south side parking. I have no problem with that. I still would like to see the one way up and one way down and I would like to see the left-hand lane uh, dedicated left-hand lane turn and um, I think you know the minor they said that there's a couple minor changes that they would look at that would not slow the project down but there the rest of the changes would definitely take take us into the year uh, 2020 or 2021 is that in a, uh, can you avoid that at this point or and I guess the mayor is saying well it may even if it, it does delay it, the, the start date that's always been changing we're going to get a better route 34 at the end of the day well I, a better route 34 listen here's here's our problem our problem is we have a small town that is divided by two major highways and one of those highways go right through our downtown and it dissects the south side from the north side of main street our true main street used to be the main street it is years ago. Our main street now is Elizabeth Street because that's where the shops and the stores and the restaurants, mayor's dental office, the green is up on Elizabeth Street. That's more like our main street than main street is. Um, but years ago when we had flourishing stores on both sides of main street, the unfortunate part for us is that tractor trailers, 44,000 cars enter 
our bridge every morning. And, you know, a lot of them go Route 8 North, a lot of them go Route 8 South, but a lot of them come straight through and head towards Danbury. So, you know, we do get a lot of traffic downtown, and it's, it's, it, it is what it is. It's, it's a highway. It's unfortunate, but it is a highway through the center of our town. So you're saying some of the uh, thinking with making some of these changes is la-la land. We're not going to get back 1950s Derby on, uh, on Route 34. I don't think you get 1950s back. No, well, I was no. meaning not, not specific. <laughs> right. Uh, but do I foresee buildings on both sides of um, Route 34? Main Street? Yeah. I foresee that. I see us building uh, stores and storefronts into the slope rights up to the sidewalk. Would, I would love to see little cafes there. Uh, the U-shape, I told you, I, I, I'm in favor. I was on the committee that picked DPC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in favor of the U-shape. I like that. You put beautiful condo overlooking the river with little shops downstairs and little cafes. The walkway is right there. You tie that in conjunction with the sidewalk with the walkway. I think it would be, uh, I think it would be great. So let me ask you, I'm just going to, I'm going to skip ahead to number six there, uh, Ethan. Uh, and I titled it the switcheroo. And this question is for Alderman Desenzo because it's one of the things that, you know, all the time we're talking to people uh, in Derby, uh, just all kinds of different people. And there is this undercurrent that there are Democrats out there who think that, you know, obviously challenging an incumbent from your own party uh, is backstabbing. That, uh, you know, Mayor Degado was on the tax board and she came through, built a coalition, upset uh, the Republican mayor who had been there for a couple of terms. Uh, and now she's got this plan, this DPZ plan, this U-straight design, uh, design for uh, the redevelopment zone that, that you support. Uh, but you're pulling the uh, carpet out from under her. How would you respond to that obvious question? Okay, very simply. Four years ago, she did beat Tony Staferi by 400 votes. And then you come two years later, a female mayor for the first time in our great city, Democrat, and she only won by 110 votes. So now if 56 people vote the other way, she lost the election. And you're saying female and mayor because oh, she no, should our, have our, read our, this. Our like first female historically, mayor. Right, okay. historically our first female mayor. Right, of course. And <clears throat> so now with her support dwindling, with the problems that we've been having, I don't feel that she has the support to beat Ridge Deacon again. And that's one of the reasons why I'm running. So uh, the, the numbers, if you look at it, uh, the, your numbers, if you look at the, those two elections, uh, how do you respond to that? Do you, do you see it as you're, you're losing support? And is there anything you're trying to do differently than, than, than last time? That's to Mayor Degato. Yes. I forgot this is a podcast. That mentality I can't even comment on because I don't understand it. I mean, these are different times in 2015. Um, There were issues that I was facing in 2015 that have now been gone. And the um, resistance I've been getting since 2015 from conflicts on the Board of Aldermen have eroded the communication and the climate we're in right now. It doesn't have anything to do with popularity or... 
I, you know, I want to rise above the finger pointing because the realities have all been, you know, it, the, the process has been documented by Valiandi, and so I just stand on my plan that I promised everyone from 2013 that I have diligently been working on and doing correctly. I have not created any lawsuits. We are cleaning up old lawsuits. I'm afraid if um, I don't continue, then things are going to, the, the boxes, there's many boxes because it's a very complex project downtown. I'm afraid that those boxes are not going to be checked in the right order and we're going to move backwards again. Let me ask about schools, if I, yes. if I may, and this is uh, to, to Mayor Degado. I mean, the relationship, just don't erase the questions that we've asked. Thank you, Ethan. The, uh, the relationship between you and uh, Dr. Conway mm -hmm. uh, has improved exponentially compared to uh, the former Superintendent Tracy and former Superintendent, uh, I'm sorry, former Mayor Steferi, for, for whatever reasons. Um, and I saw, I received one of your campaign flyers and it cites uh, improved schools as one of the headings. And a flyer says that, that you have overseen, this is a quote, overseen efforts to improve test scores, lower absentee rates, and increase graduation rates. Um, but at the same time, uh, the chairman of the school board, Ken Marcusio Sr., endorsed uh, Alderman DeCenzo at that Democratic town meeting. So uh, how do you rectify that? And then what specific role did you play as mayor in improving Derby schools? Matt Conway, Dr. Conway, is very creative in the work he does. We meet every week. We have a staff meeting with the chief of police, <coughs> Public Works Director, and the Superintendent from the Board of Education Weekly. And we follow through on what the issues are by building, by personnel, and needs. So we are in communication weekly. Um, he is, like I said, very creative on getting and realizing the needs of our city and school system. Now, as the mayor of Derby, being the manager and giving people that work for the city their fair salary and everything that they need to do their job. And those are the meetings that we hear what they need. Um, along with the downtown project, you know, developer interest and repurposing the Life Touch building to a manufacturing training center, the energy just around there has added to the curriculum in the school system for manufacturing. Now, because Matt, uh, Dr. Conway, um, is very good at identifying needs and getting funds, you know, he, he, is, he has brought the school system to a higher level. Did you want to follow up that Alderman DeCenzo? Uh, just, just a couple comments and, and, and first of all I would um, you know I've talked to board members um, board of ed members um, mayor has not attended many of their meetings which and she's very busy and, and I know that uh, I see her being very busy but you should get to the board of education meetings and first I would like to thank 
and give the credit to Dr. Conway, uh, his administration, his teachers, and to the students for doing better on their scores. I think those are the people who need the credit, and a lot of times the teachers get overlooked, and I think it's uh, very fair to, to thank them for the, a job well done. Is there anything that you wanted to add to that, or did you want to move on? Yeah, I mean, it's just about being the manager of the city and giving everyone what they need to do their job well. Okay, I have the next topic just uh, labeled good government. I wrote this last night. This is new to me. but uh, And this goes back to some of the things that we've talked about uh, uh, during the charter revision. But there was a lot of talk in Derby for at least the last two years about nepotism and hiring, possible conflicts of interest within city government, and during a roundtable discussion prior to a charter revision vote, Alderman Desenzo, you were, you were here in the room as part of that. Mm -hmm. it, it was confirmed that at least one member of the Board of Aldermen, who also works for the city, was involved in negotiating a contract for his employee union. And I'm not calling out uh, the specific person, but I'm just speaking in general in terms of good government looking forward. That seems like a very bad uh, practice. Go ahead. You were going to jump in. Is something is this not about right? union negotiations? What, what were you saying? What I'm saying is that there, there, uh, what I've heard in Derby and what was confirmed during this podcast is that you have an alderman also negotiating a contract for a union. Two aldermen. So one two representative aldermen. of public works and one of the WPCA. Okay. And that, and maybe this is, maybe I'm naive, but that seems like the danger there. Maybe it's not right now, but if you get me and Ethan in there. Uh, unscrupulous, corrupt guys who will work, put the interests of myself and my employees before the interests of the people. Isn't that, how is that happening? What's your position on it, Mayor? What are you doing to stop it? Or is it okay? Or what's going on there? The mayor really doesn't have a say. It's the people who have the say because they're elected officials and they are employees of the city. And what, what, but I got to ask as a leader of the city, though, yes. as, isn't there something that, that uh, the, there's nothing you can do? As the representatives are um, put up by their membership. Um, Corporation Council um, did not take it as an issue, you know. Um, but my take on it is it's very difficult when you have an elected official and you're an employee because it puts the director of the department head in a compromise issue. Um, it doesn't sound right. What made me want to be mayor again was in the charter revision when the dual office holding was wanted to be taken off the table and the residents voted to keep it on the table, that gave me some insight that maybe, you know, I, I needed to do some more work as the mayor of the city. Then Alderman DeSento, I, I, we had talked about that uh, when it would come out during that, that, that podcast, but do you see any issue with... Uh, I, see, I, I see issue with them if they're voting on, uh, voting, you know, uh, not voting, but on the board of, as board of aldermen, if they're to vote on their own contract on the Board of Aldermen, they always recuse themselves, which they should. We took this issue up with uh, Attorney Walsh at the time, and he saw no problem with it. Um, I myself wanted to change the charter question to um, 
to take the word unanimous out and put the word majority in. I wanted it to be... Um, and you're talking about... We're talking about the whether, waiver. Whether somebody could get Correct. booted off, which Correct. is a whole sort of Talking about subject. the waiver, right. Um, because I don't think it's fair for one person to have the power to take away the votes of the public, even like the mayor said. They are elected by the people. They run for a position, and they're elected by the people. Let me ask and, you, though, just, yep. just sticking to the, uh, if you have a whole board of aldermen, uh, and I'm probably going to get, I'm not going to make any fans of city employees, but <laughs> if, if you have half the board, uh, city employees who are also negotiating their contracts, yes, they're recusing themselves, but just the, Im- the appearance of that as someone uh, who's just Joe taxpayer, uh, you, you don't have any issue with the, the, the possible conflicts that could happen? Well, the only conflicts that can happen is if they're voting on if they're voting on the board of aldermen as a member of the board of aldermen on their on their contract, and they don't. They recuse themselves. I mean, they can't vote to give themselves a raise. Wouldn't it be easy just not to have that person who, who who's on the board of aldermen not not be allowed to also negotiate contracts? That way, there there's no question. Okay, but like because wouldn't I wouldn't if I know my guy? All right, I got Ethan. He's going to be my representative on uh, as the union guy. I want him negotiating my contract because he's also on the board of aldermen and he can get stuff done. Well, like the mayor said, those people are picked by their union. So this is a a union question. This would be a good question for the union leader. You know, should you put put, uh, city workers on your union negotiation team? That would be the question. And you both said it was run by corporation council and... and It was run by corporation council. He had no issue with it. Okay. As long as they didn't vote on their paycheck. Okay, thank you for both indulging yep. me on that. Uh, next, I wanted to talk about, I wanted to get sort of specific here. Well, maybe we'll go up to, I was going to ask a question about Caroline Street, but maybe let, let's talk about Anson Street, mm-hmm. uh, Hawkins Street, 6th Street. Uh, these are traditionally, and I live on, on, on Hawthorne Avenue, not far from here, uh, mm-hmm. full disclosure. They've traditionally been hot spots for, for derby crime, and and Alderman DeCenzo, I think, and I could be wrong here, uh, you would organize an Alderman meeting, which was a, pr- a rather enlightening one about vandalism to public mm-hmm. property. Yes. Uh, then we had a shooting uh, on Anson Street where a young guy was killed uh, on a sidewalk. Uh, but there was no call for any type of forum after that. And just, uh, I hate to use the word optics, but, you know, there we call for a meeting uh, on, on low-level uh, property crime, but a homicide, the reaction was muted. Uh, why was that so? Well, I don't think the, op- uh, the, the action was muted. Um, it, you know, it was a tragedy. And unfortunately, the, um, sometimes in that part of the city, I mean, people tell us all the time that they witness uh, drug deals going on. And this, uh, you know, it's my goal from... Caroline Street to Hawthorne Avenue, from 9th Street to Main Street, it's my goal to make that a police beat and have a car there at night all the time, especially on the weekends, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There should be a car there and a police officer parking the car and walking up and down the streets. Now, I know I'm going to have to sit with Chief Narowski and talk about this option and see what we could do with it. But, you know, everybody I talk to, I've been, I've been knocking on a lot of doors, um, they're very concerned, especially on the west side of town. They're, they're very concerned about that area. 
and I think we need a police presence. Um, you know, I know the mayor's involved with the seniors over there at CC Manor, and our seniors have to be protected. Yeah, so I, I myself would like to see it become a police beat. And then the mayor, the same question mm -hmm. uh, to you. Uh, basically, I had asked uh, Carmen Asenzo why was the reaction so muted. There was, I mean, you answered questions about the shooting, but there didn't seem to be, uh, you know, a, a response like we saw for, for vandalism. Uh, what's going on on Anson Street? It was unfortunate. We had a 21-year-old chased and gunned down in that area. It wasn't random anger, neighborhood um, uprising. It was very targeted. The residents needed to understand that the police were there for them, that although, I was there for them. That was just, just because yes. we've heard, I've heard that uh, yes. you know, when, when there's violence, the previous right. administration would always say, well, it was targeted. No. But if I'm, I mean, mm -hmm. I could be walking home at 2 a.m. Mm -hmm. I've been known to do that. And if I get hit <laughs> by a bullet, obviously, that's, Understood. bullets don't know neutrality. Uh, I'm not sure what you're asking, but um, why does it we matter did if it's targeted or targeted or not? I guess I'm asking that that seems to be a common refrain. But does that make it? There are good people that live there, and they have uh, they they have a good network, and they know who belongs there and who doesn't, and they understand. Um, I'm in contact with them, so it's not like anger is uprising and that everyone, I know the random shooting, I understand if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, how can that be prevented, first of all? Right. That's you can never have the policemen there, uh, you know, it, when that happens. Um, overall, the neighborhood has been very quiet. Um, vandalism, you know, is handled within the budget. We didn't have to put more tax dollars and more resources and a burden to the residents to it's it's day to day. Do you think there's anything uh, you as the mayor or the board of aldermen can do to make uh, yeah Anson Street uh, and, and the neighborhood remains quiet but every once in a while it bubbles up and somebody gets shot. Is there anything else the city could be doing to try to address whatever root problems are there and I, I don't know what they are. Yeah but it's it's basically trying to allow the residents there to um, have more say in their area. I mean, we there was Rockies Park. That was an open derby city property next to a resident who has continuously been improving his property. He asked to purchase, and he put a fence around it, so he has more buffer. We allowed him to purchase the property in the proper manner, and, you know, it... it, it um, Balances. We need to balance. The big problem, um, we have a building there in foreclosure. We're waiting for the process to carry through. The housing authority building. N not or even that. One. There's another building that is um, upside down with fines. Privately owned. Privately okay, owned. Gotcha. And you mentioned the Baron Block building. Uh, Derby Housing Authority um, was unable to work through the process to get that CHAMP grant that they were after. Um, so they put it up to market privately. I mean, it's just a basic trying to enable the, the landowners there to um, have middle class come in and balance it and making it desirable enough for developers to come in and purchase and repurpose the properties. And that's my job. And okay. we're trying to do that. 
uh, then I just wanted to move on, uh, if that's okay, mm-hmm. to uh, development. Uh, and this is like one of those whisper things sometimes you hear uh, that, you know, one thing that happens in Derby the week before the, the, the general election, both campaigns sends in the last minute dirt. Uh, and I'm trying to, we don't like that as reporters, uh, and I'm not naming any names, but uh, one <laughs> of the things that we hear, you know, they, 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 it bubbles up. So why not just ask it here? Because I don't think this is, a Jerry Noserino of Noserino Development has emerged as sort of the the developer now in uh, Derby and Ansonia. He and his company helped develop the Valley Bowl. He's an interest. He has an interest in just about every single economic development project happening here on Ansonia's Main Street. And Alderman Desenzo, on your campaign website, there's an endorsement letter from Mr. Noserino that reads that you have uh, resolved many development challenges that his company has faced in the Valley for the past 20 years. Uh, Mr. Noserino and his partners are very grateful for the prompt service to help us keep our projects on schedule and on budget. I mean, I assume if you win the primary September 12th and then a general election on November 7th, the No Serino companies are, is one of the developers you'll yes. reach out to. Yes, I've already to. reached out to him, yes. And then it, it sounds like you were a consultant of some kind for the... Not a consultant, just a help for him and a help for the city. Um, Which city? The uh, City of Derby. Okay. Not in Sony. <laughs> city of Derby. Um, in, a, in a paid role or... No, 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 no. As alderman. Gotcha. As City of Derby alderman. When he was building, he was the principal owner of Pershing Partners. He's the gentleman, him and his company, did the Pershing Drive project. And came to me and wanted to know, what can we do? I have to dig out a lot of the fill uh, for, to build the buildings. So I got in touch with Commissioner DeFala, and we dumped yards and yards and yards of fill in the hole between uh, the walkway and Main Street, as you can see all the dirt that's been down there. Also, Mr. DeFala needed, Mr. DeFala and the city needed fill there. Mr. DeFala told me we need fill on the BJ Road. So instead of trucking his fill miles and miles away and paying for it because you have to pay those trucks, he was able to dump it and help the city fill spots where they needed to fill. And also, um, I helped them through a time when our building, uh, a building official wasn't, I'm sorry, Mr. Nasserino was away on vacation and the building official went down and put a stop work order. And I got a call from Mr. Nasserino. On the former Valley Bowl site you're talking Correct. about? Correct. Gotcha, okay. Correct. So I got a hold of Carlo. We went down there. We saw what the problem was. It was about a trench with the pipes, and they had to put crushed stone in, and um, that got settled very quickly, and the project did not get delayed. So uh, things like that. That you know, I, okay, I'm, gotcha. I'm helping the city. I'm helping a contractor, and that's what we have to do. We ha- we we need to help developers want to build here. As, a, as a as a board of aldermen, were you representing, or as a resident? No, just the resident. There has been calls um, from Jerry for Popeyes when they needed to put the building up. Uh, what happened was the building was supposed to be 
in the spring, but his schedule moved forward. So a lot of things were not in line because they weren't ready for a building to go up at the time. So it got accelerated for Popeyes. So that was, a, uh, I went down with Phil. Um, the plan was looked at, tweaked, all within proper regulation, but just had to be accelerated because they weren't expecting the walls to come up. Popeyes has these prefab walls and they were planning to do it in the spring and it, it so happened his other project fell through so the project in Derby got accelerated. So both of you are okay with working with developers? Definitely. I mean, have you tried sure. to work with Mr. El Serino too? Because he seems he to be the... He calls me personally all the time. Okay. Caroline Street. Moving on to, to Caroline Street to get really hyper-local. Uh, there's that building I, and it's been talked about for years at the, at the Alderman meeting. It's a former... Ged's property, and I'm, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that name. It might be on Minerva, but you know I drive down that street every once in a while, and that thing, it looks like, you know, a death trap. It it it, it, it looks like blight personified, um, and I believe it's city owned now through foreclosure. It's still it's in, it, it it's in limbo. It still is owned privately. And then and then behind that there's the Valley Council for the Arts building, which was. Right. Uh, renovated into a beautiful, I mean, it is a be beautiful building, but it was, you know, it was Hotchkiss <coughs> Hose, uh, sort of historic locally in Derby. Uh, then it was a homeless shelter, and then it was, and that seems to be sort of just sitting there, uh, and I don't know what's going on there. So you've got that, you've got mm -hmm. the big hulk of an ugly building there on, a, on, on Minerva, uh, and then there's an empty parking lot. Like, what's going on on Caroline Street? Uh, I'm there? waiting. Um Go ahead, Mayor. Alderman uh, DeCenzo says he's got developers and wants to come to the table with any kind of formal um, proposal. I mean, I, I'm, it's still in private. Um, what happened was it was on the tax sale. And because of the issues that are still pending um, with what's in the ground and finalizing assessment of contaminants, the city through the Board of Aldermen um, was not, they didn't vote to accept it off the tax sale, so went back to the private owner. Um, at the same time, um, you know, th there's promise of someone coming to the table, no one has. What's going on on Caroline Street, Alderman Descent? Okay, Caroline Street, what you're referring to is the old Lombardi's building. Okay. Okay, and after Lombardi's building, uh, I think Mr. Gray owned owned it and he um, used to store old vintage cars in there. Um, then um, Mr. Geddes bought it and it fell in ill repair. Um, and if you remember uh, the part when you drive down Minerva Street and look to your left, it would, there was a uh, all wood mm -hmm. dilapidated mm -hmm. falling down and the blight department um, and thank, thank God for uh, Andy Cota and Jim Watson, they do a great job. Um, they helped the blight committee push that forward to get Mr. Geddes to take that down. And we got we took down that half of the building, the dangerous part. Um, the the, the uh, concrete shell is still up, okay? Um, but the, uh, the, con the wood section was all taken down. Mm -hmm. um, and now, the, um, as far as I know, I thought Mr. Tedosio had said that it's in strict floor closure. I'm not, I'm not sure of that, but I think that's what he said. So 
we just have to wait a little bit longer before the city actually owns it. Now, there is also, uh, like the mayor said, there is probably contaminants because it used to be a manufacturing company. There are probably contaminants in the ground. We don't know what's there yet, but I'm sure that there's money somewhere for Brownfield um, that will help a developer uh, clean the site up. And are, have you met with a developer who's interested? Yes, uh, I have. And he's, but you've, we've got to line up these other. Thing. And you would, sh you would shake your head no well, at one point to something, Mayor? Yeah, I, I mean, um, Mr. Geddes took down the property. It is in strict foreclosure because the city does not want to be in line of ownership. So we're yeah. waiting for the court to. Um, and I guess my motivation in asking that question is just one of those things, you know, you got mm -hmm. uh, you worry about kids and all of them in the sense that you had brought it up years ago. It just looks like something. I mean, I want to go in there and, and accidentally fall mm -hmm. and then sue Derby, actually, or whoever I got to sue because it looks that dangerous. Well, it's a blight committee that needs to take that up probably and um, put it in, you know, it has to go back uh, through the process well, we have, to put it on That's the why list. the wooden structure, the dangerous part where I was very concerned. We made him put up a fence until they knocked the wooden section down because I was v very concerned that there was a chimney stack there that it was going to fall down. And the blight committee are the ones that pushed it forward to get Mr. Geddes to take that down. Mm -hmm. And it was taken down because, listen, summertime was coming and we told them that when the kids get out of school, that is just a haven for kids to go in there and play. And God forbid if one of those kids got killed or hurt in there, we'd have another lawsuit. So with the blight officers and Carlos Semiento, our building inspector, we, we got Mr. Geddes to take that down. Let's talk about the parking garage. Well, this, I mean, we're talking now about the condition it's in now, right now, to kind of put it on the blight list again. That's, that's well, your in, purview. It's in foreclosure. Right. So... Why would we need to put it on the blight list if it's in foreclosure? Well, who needs to clean it up? It's, it, it, there's still private ownership, and it's in disarray. So it might need to well, I would still have private to talk ownership. To, I would have to talk to uh, corporate counsel on that because I would, I'm under the understanding that it's in uh, strict foreclosure with the city. Okay, so something to look into. The, the, the parking garage, everybody's favorite issue. Right. Uh we were told a few years ago that the municipal parking garage on Thompson Place was dangerous, that it needed to close, that people were in danger of having concrete blocks fall on their heads. And then outside of all that, there was an arrest and a federal, a federal lawsuit. Uh, uh, it was about as dysfunctional as a public agency, agency could get. Uh, the authority was eventually dissolved uh, under your administration, Mayor Degato, uh, incorporated into the mayor's office. Alderman Desenzo, you were there the whole time. Uh, what Mayor Degato? What are the what is the status of those safety issues uh, in that garage, and what's the future of the municipal parking garage? Mm -hmm. Well, we know there's a need for that municipal parking garage. It is in need of repair and ADA compliance. We have applied for two, not one, but two grants. Um, one with along with the downtown DPZ uh, money we received, and to no avail. We the state cannot help us with our parking garage. So when it was taken over by the city, we've, the Public Works now is maintaining it, which is a cost savings. And we have staff that's still um, working, maintaining. Um, we have um, information out to change 
um, the way we are collecting and monitoring the parking garage as we speak. Um, so I have notified the alderman that we're trying to, to do with away with cash and probably do credit card in, credit card out, because right now there is no attendant on Saturday and Sunday because the income did not warrant having a person attending for the hours that it was open. And it allows the area businesses to have more parking. And then Alderman Desenzo, you've, I, correct me if I'm wrong, you've questioned the, the sort of handling of, of this uh, parking garage, uh, a sort of management. Do you have any, where do you stand on the issue now? Do you have anything that you see uh, needs to be improved with the management of that parking garage? Well, the, qu the question um, a few years back uh, was always about safety. I mean, that's one of my main topics is always safety. And um, pieces of concrete fall were falling from the ceiling because, listen, when that, that was built back in the 70s, it was built the last 30 years. Well, that 30 years has come and gone. And uh, parts of the garage are compromised. Uh, we had, uh, I, I believe it was IDA that put up the, the shields. We also bought um, uh, fencing, not metal fencing, but not nylon fencing to put, to, mm. you know, to catch anything that's fallen. And you know, things were done to to protect the people, and that was my main concern all the time: protection for the people. Um, but now we have a few problems with leakage of, you know, inside the concrete is, I don't know if it's lye that they use to, to bond, but it drips on some of the cars, and the cars, of course, uh, you get little spots on the cars, and, and we got to have the car spray painted. But so what do you uh, think, what, I had asked the mayor, what, what do you think the future of that, what should we do with this thing, this big hulking? Well, I mean, event, eventually the future, I mean, it, it, it's very hard to sell it to somebody when they come and say, well, okay, we could buy it for X or even give it to them, uh, but they're going to have to put 6 to $10 million into it just to fix it, not rebuild it. And, and I think the cost was $19 million to knock it down and rebuild one. But it, like the mayor said, it is vital to our downtown because, you know, we have the court there. We have parking. We have all the businesses downtown, uh, offices, uh, lawyers' offices, dentist office. We, you know, we, 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 we need it because, uh, I mean, wh what's the other thing you can do with it? The only other thing you do with it is take it down and use it as a parking lot, you know. But, you know, that, that will hurt us. Because, and not that it generates a lot of money. But it generates parking for the downtown uh, shops and businesses. So it sounds like you're actually both on the same page with this. We just got to—you're sort of stuck I with this albatross, and you've got to do the best we can to sort of limp along. There's no real disagreement. Use it here. as is, and try to improve the efficiency, and try to keep costs down. So we're not going because the, the 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 there was a run up, uh, or there was a push to the run up a few years ago to put it out to referendum. That's not in the cards at this point. I, I can't see. Um, it's user-supported, so not all of the city of Derby use it, so it would be difficult to put it out to referendum at this moment. And then speaking of referendums, we had mentioned earlier the WPCA had a very important referendum a few years ago that was approved by Derby voters, something yes. like $31 million to uh, uh, repair and replace pump stations and do all kinds of uh, uh, technical stuff. Mm -hmm. When are we going to get, I, I just paid my $400 bill. <laughs> when are we going to get hit with uh, the, the, the repairs that voters approved? What's the status of the mm -hmm. bill that's, I think, going to eventually come due? 
Because the cynical side of me says, oh, every time there's an election year, this somehow gets pushed off. Pushed off. It's not because of election. It's because the largest project is the Roosevelt Drive pump station it needs to be rebuilt. And now that we all agree it needs to stay on the riverside, they are actively designing. So when construction begins, that's when the big dollars are needed. And that's when we have to draw down the $31 million bond. And usually when it's drawn down, it comes that next pay period. So it's not drawn down this September. It will be drawn down probably between this September and next September. And so you can expect your capital fee to be next September. It's paid twice a year, September and March. Again, if things delay and we don't have it drawn down by next September, we're not going, you know, if we don't, we're not constructing, which I hope to construct by next September. Okay, and Alderman DeCenzo, do you anything you wanted to add to when I'm going to get my three hundred? Is it still? Are we still talking three hundred dollars on top of? It's two fifty-seven. Is two fifty-seven? But we've saved money, two, so the actual two fifty-seven per unit, I believe. Right. So if you have a three, and that's for residential, unit, right? We're talking. I'm Correct. not talking commercial. They're paying like I don't know what they're paying. But is uh, do you have any issues with that? No, or is it, no that's not at all. Another no. thing, you guys. No, mm-hmm. the uh, the so, money uh, the money's being well spent. We like Anita said uh, we the Burtville station is running. The, uh, Division, uh, South Division Street. Street is running. And that was quite a sight to see that boom, bringing that box over the, the top. Uh, but, uh, you know. So, Carmen, let me ask you, because you, the two of you have agreed on, on quite a bit uh, today, which is unusual when we, we've done, I mean, you're from the same party, so I guess that makes sense, and we haven't covered a, a primary before. But is the issue in Derby more of a style over substance here? Uh that motivated you uh, to run, and I, I, we're just about gonna gonna wrap this up. But I, but I'm I'm well I, again, like I said before, um, I don't think that the mayor has the support this time to beat Rich Zekin, and that's one of the reasons why I'm running. The other is com- uh, communication, transparency, and to let the boards do their job to not overstep the bounds. Um, my position as mayor would be to bring exactly what the charter says, to recommend to the Board of Aldermen, to recommend to the tax board, to recommend to the Board of Education. And I will be involved with the Board of Education because I'm a big supporter of Derby High School. I mean, you know, I coached there for years. And um, that's the differences uh, between us. You know, we have uh, other philosophy differences, uh, you know, on on projects. And and listen, that's politics. You know, everybody has an opinion. And, And... I'm not saying my opinion is always right. I'm not saying her opinion is always right. It's just that everybody has an opinion on what way uh, we should go as a city, and um, that's why uh, I'm running. And then, uh, Mayor Degato, one thing that, uh, you know, I'd asked uh, Alderman Senzo that question, and then uh, you've sort of hinted, like, after the Democratic Town Committee met, and uh, it's in some of of your, your statements that you've made during interviews that, you're sort of an outsider here. Uh, essentially, you're, uh, you've rebelled against the, for lack of a better word, old guard uh, in the Democratic Party uh, in Derby. Not old guard, but the power structure, the players, the people who are in charge. Is that an accurate reflection? Can you talk to me about that a little bit? You know, I want to rise above that. I don't think it's... But I is think it, it's is it as accurate? a city I mean, and as a leader of the city, we need to modernize our city, which I have been doing. We need to um, be very responsive to the residents, which I have been doing. And, you know, to, to speak to the residents directly um, 
uh, the aldermen, um, as a legislative body, are the go-betweens the residents to the mayor. And you know, it's, and you know, I, I, I have not stopped anything that the aldermen brought to the table that residents were looking for. Um, I don't. I just work well with everyone, and I'm trying to do my job to make quality of life for every. Everyone who uses Derby, visitors, voters, residents, rental owners, property owners, you know, I, we just want Derby to be a better place to be. And then, you know, I had skipped this earlier because we had sort of touched upon it, but I, I, I guess I just want to revisit it real quickly. Uh, and it's, a, it's sort of a newspaper journalist-driven thing, but the Freedom of Information Act is obviously something that uh, we deal with every day as reporters and, and people who live in the community and we're always surprised at how many impediments we see or roadblocks to access to public information. Uh, sometimes we, we hear transparency, 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 uh, but sometimes I'm not sure if, uh, to me, transparency is the, is the Freedom of Information Act. And you know, in Derby, uh, we've seen the, the school board, the housing authority, and the police commission all post questionable agendas regarding executive sessions. And this is for both of you. Uh, they've used the improper term personnel matters uh, without additional information as required by state law and we've had on uh, we've done podcasts with uh, freedom information experts and they all say that's not right yet it persists uh, a few years back the tax board insisted they didn't have to file meeting minutes during budget discussions uh, even though it came to light that not only had the foi commission ruled that improper they had fined personally fined a past member of the tax board for running the meeting like that. Uh, you know, and the mayor, you and I had talked and argued a little bit with uh, this meeting that took place, and I believe Alderman DeCenzo was there uh, uh, to talk about safety at one of the senior housing complexes uh, where you had sent out an email telling the, all the aldermen that this is going to, a forum that's going to be happening. Uh, and I raised questions uh, uh, under the FOI Act uh, with that. Uh, the subsequently that I reached out to an FOI uh, uh, public information officer and he said, yeah, that sounds like something that should be noticed uh, and the, all the public should be given the right uh, to go there. I, my question, and I'm sorry, it's more, uh, that's probably more of a statement, but is there, are there any plans to have someone from uh, outside Derby come in, sit down with your new boards or your existing boards and Talk about the FOI Act, because mm -hmm. it seems every board in Derby, in my experience, has a different interpretation of the FOI Act, and that's, mm -hmm. it's codified. No, we, we've had Tom Hennick come into the city of Derby before. We can... Was that under, under your administration? I think Laura was there, so we'll have Mark call him in again. I know he gets calls from everyone, you know, if there's a question, and it's a democracy, you know, if you feel like you did not get your due, you have the right to follow through and ask. So, I mean, I try to be transparent. If you're, you know, personnel issues sometimes um, where you say it's executive session, personnel yeah, issues. Yeah, they just put personnel issues, which is uh, by law, you're the, 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 you have to put more than that. You're supposed mm -hmm. to name. You can't just say, it's just like with pending litigation and then you don't name a lawsuit. Both have been proven time and time again as improper. Correct. Sometimes maybe it's discovery because sometimes we don't really, you know, I, I'm, I'm not speaking for the Board of Aldermen meeting, but for the commissions, they're volunteers and, you know, they, they um, sometimes don't have the credentials. They're guided 
And sometimes they're told by their legal that that's fine. But it's a democracy, and people who feel like they don't get the right information have a, have a right to ask. And Alderman Desenzo, and then this is, I guess, our last question, but do, do you have any issues I've just raised? Uh, I've just accused Derby of never following that for a while. <laughs> do you have uh, any issues with open government in the city of Derby? As, and, and you've been on the Alderman for a while now. Yes, uh, six years, yep. Um, listen, we, we have corporate counsel, and corporate counsel is the ones who ask if, the, if it's an FOI issue or not. Um, I know if it's, like you said, personnel problem, then that is usually personnel and money and contracts are usually um, executive session. With additional information. Infor- yeah, what I'm saying, yeah. Not Correct. just, you can't just slap personnel issue on. Correct, on that's that. what they're saying. And, and I, I would love to sit with uh, somebody to come in from the, the state and, and explain to us what exactly is the FOI uh, rules and regulations so we... And all the boards can can abide by them, you know. So we don't have Eugene running up and looking for an FOI flag. Okay, and that's and it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, the, the, the uh, I just want to bring back with the senior center. It was an FOI to the alderman. What I was doing, not an invitation that they come. I mean, it was you saw the email. I did. I did, and I yes. And I just I wanted to clarify This is a tangent, that. but I did send, I <laughs> explained it as I yes. understood it to the uh, FOI sure. public information officer, and he said, that's suspect, because why would you not do that? If it's the housing authority, why didn't they just call a meeting? Uh, and then the, the, what the, 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 the issue is, if you do that all the time, no. what's to say? Cause it was obviously an emergency in a very stressful time. All right. But you wanted to invite him. We will agree to disagree because I'm not running for mayor. It's okay. you guys. Who Very cares what good. I... Very good. Thank you. So let's do closing... Well, I almost said arguments. <laughs> but just closing <laughs> statements. Uh, I don't know. And again, this has been informal. So if you don't have... You know, we don't have to. But I was going to let you... Uh, we had talked about you going first, Mayor Degato. To say a few final words to the citizens of Derby. I... Um, have been your mayor for four years, and I have worked for to the best of my ability for all residents of Derby. And I wish to continue, and I will do my best to um, save tax dollars is my big thing, and more efficient, and to bring development to the city to uh, expand our tax base is my main goal. Thank you, Mayor Degato. Mm-hmm. Alderman Desenzo. Yes, um, you have the floor. For, uh, first, I want to thank um, the city of Derby for letting me serve for six years. Um, my constituents have voted me in um, three terms. Uh, I've enjoyed it. Um, I've worked hard for the city. I enjoy doing the blight. I work with two great people in the blight office. Um, I myself am going to stand on economic development to broaden our tax base and to also tighten our budget. And those are probably the only two ways that we can try to save the taxpayers' money. So um, I'm looking for your support on next Tuesday, um, September 12th. Um, And whatever happens, happens. Okay. Well, again, this has been 
you know, a true honor, uh, and it's a privilege, you know, to do this job and to be able to have uh, two people who are stepping up to run the city of Derby, where I live. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just want to thank you both for, for coming by. I do appreciate it. You're thank welcome. Thank you. All right. For Ethan Fry, who sat here silently the whole time making sure I didn't lose place. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> this is uh, Eugene Driscoll of ValleyIndy.org, and uh, that's a wrap. Mm-hmm.